Welcome to Mindful Talk, brief conversations about mindfulness in the workplace and at home. I am your host, Lauren Wessinger. And I'm your host, Misty Anderson. And this podcast is brought to you by The Mindful Project. The Mindful Project helps you elevate the culture of your business by bringing mindfulness practice to you and your staff through in-person and virtual learning. Contact us through our website, themindfulproject.co, for more information. Welcome to the podcast, friends. Misty and I are here together with you today to talk about the F word. <laughs> That's such a We're, good way to intro it. It just came to me right now. That was that was on awesome. the cuff. Awesome. <laughs> Off the cuff, on the cuff. Um, no, but really, we're talking today about failure. <sighs> failure. So I had been thinking about it this morning and how how failure, I think, can really be looked at by the way we frame success. Do you know what I mean by that? Absolutely. I think about when we closed our yoga studio several years ago and even though it was our choice to close and we weren't forced to close, I still felt a sense of failure about that ending because let's be honest, if we were raking it in and financially super stable and, you know, abundant in that way, we probably would have stayed open. And I, I shared this with a lot of friends and even some of our teachers, this idea of failure with the studio. And everybody said, what? that wasn't a failure. You created the most incredible, unique space that your city has ever seen. Not only that, it was courageous to close when you did, instead of squeaking it out to the very last end and squeezing all the drops of juice you could from it. And so many people helped me reframe my definition of success with that venture. So that now the way it lives in my body is, oh yeah, it was amazing and a total success. And I'm glad we did it and I'm glad we moved on, you know? I'm so glad you think that because as a former member of that studio, it, you created a space, but you took that and you grew it into so much more. And the community that still lives today because of that quote unquote failure is amazing. I mean, I have lifelong friends that we were connected through the studio and that's all. And, but yet we share all the other aspects of our lives. So I appreciate your failure. <laughs> and that's how you and I met. I know. It's it's insane. I yeah. I was thinking when I was thinking about failure, I so I grew up in a really small town, like I've told you guys before, and my granddad wrote um owned this little small meat market and convenience store. And it's kind of where all the farmers went before they went out and had their coffee and he'd slash you some bologna or get you a steak and pump your gas. And it was just very home for me. I grew up in that little store. And for my granddad, that was very much a sense of his self. And it was a part of who he was. The business was named after him. And so it followed him everywhere. And it growing up, I guess I was a little bit like, oh, why can't you just stop being the business? But it was in, it was just a part of who he was. And so when I was 30, the business started to really fail and it started to really impact my grandparents in a negative way. And they had to let it go. And 
I had seen a lot from my grandpa over the years. Never once until that happened did I really see him cry and mourn. And I remember watching him and just seeing like, that's like failure. That's what failure feels like in your body. It's you can be a really strong person. You can live through death. You can live through moving. You can live through all the things that life hands you, but failure, it can sit with you very, very differently. And um, so I always took that and knew that he, he was so much more. And to me, yes, I have nostalgic feelings about that, but he was who he was, not because of the store. And so to me, that gave me this really like aha moment at 30 to think here I was knee deep in my career, busting my rear end because my sense of self was wrapped up in being that and kind of just slowly started letting that go. That's not who I am. That doesn't mean that's misty Um, and letting go of the corporate world and embracing my entrepreneurial spirit. That's, that's just taking a lot of what would be considered failure and turning it in and reframing it, just like you said. And so I think a lot of what goes with the mindful practice of failure is being able to get out of that, like, woe is me state, you know? Totally. It's failure is just a big, bad word for change ultimately, you know? And it's so true. That's such a great aha to have that we're not our accomplishments and we are not our professions and our degrees and our successes and we're not our failures. I, when I was in college at Arizona state, I was in the honors college and I won't go into the details of why, although we can probably all guess, but I couldn't keep the GPA to stay in. So I, I, I think it was two years of honors courses. And in the fourth semester, my GPA dropped below, I don't even know, like a 3.85 or something, you know? And I just couldn't hang. I couldn't swing it. Wasn't happening. Was not going to graduate the honors college. And so wearing my big baggy jeans and my tiny t-shirt and with my hair and like those space buns and my Doc Martens, I remember calling my dad from the payphone because this was pre-cell phones. I called my dad from the payphone at school and I was bawling. I was just bawling. I was so scared to tell them. And he answered, uh, you know, it could have been him or my mom, but he answered and I was crying, crying, crying. I was like, dad, I have something to tell you. I said, I flunked out of the honors college. He was like, oh my God, is that it? That's, that's why you're calling. He goes, I thought somebody hurt you. I thought you were in serious danger. I was like, no, but I flunked out. And he goes, I don't care about that. <laughs> he goes, he goes, you are so much more than the stupid honors college. He said, don't worry about it. He said, it doesn't matter. You gave it a good shot. It didn't happen. And it's no big deal. And, you know, when you talk about pivotal points in a childhood, even though I was probably 18, I was still very much a child. That was such a pivotal time for me that, oh, Oh, and he even said who you are is so much more incredible than an honor student. 
And I thought, oh my God, like it's what I needed to hear to be able to then, I really think it's why I was able to deal with failure so easily and move on so easily with other things that I failed with in my adulthood, because I was like, oh yeah, this doesn't define me. Screw this. I'm moving on. And I'm able to let go very easily of things that don't work out. And I, I think that might be why, you know, that's amazing. You have a wonderful dad and I'm sure you carry that on with your kids, which is, you know, it's like, that's where we want it to happen and grow. It is. And, you know, when my kids, they definitely are getting to the stage where they're starting to fail more, you know, as you go out into the world more and start doing bigger things, you fail more. And my message is the same to them because of that. I say, you know what, let's look at maybe how this could have been different. Cause you know, sometimes the failure is because they actually didn't try at all. You know what I mean? There's that kind of (laughs) failure. But we look at it and then I'm always so sure to tell them that who they are is bigger than that game or bigger than that grade or bigger than that friendship. And how can you show up and do your best and know you did a good job and then just move on, you know, take the lesson and move on. That's all you can do. Um, I try to tell my daughters that all the time too. Like your job is, and they're little, but your job is school. That's your job, right? And you're going to mess up and you're going to do things that, you know, like a poor performance review or a report card or whatever it is that if you tried your best and I tell them that all the time, if you did your best and that's your best, then I am so proud of you because a lot of people don't give their best. And I think just knowing, like I never, not that anybody made me feel like I had to push and push and push to become this success, but I did. And I, while I want my kids to be successful, I want them to understand that's not necessarily hand in hand with what you do for a living. Like, and I, that was just really wrapped up in who I was until like, I don't know, 35. And it's really nice to shed that and be like, there's, you know, career Misty who I'm very focused and and job oriented, but then there's a different side of me. And I didn't take all of that other stuff and look at it as a failure or I've left it behind or it's, that was the good old days, which don't get, get me wrong. The money was great. So there's like, you long for that stuff, but it made me to where I am today. And I wouldn't change that. Right. Right. It's, it's like, okay, fine. None of us are getting out of here without, without change and failure. And I think the important thing is, what are you going to do with that? You know, like, so it didn't work out. So what are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with that energy and that lesson? And what did you learn? And a lot of times when we look back, I wonder if this is true for you too. I look at everything that ended in my life for the most part. And I think, thank God that thing didn't work out. Thank God that thing ended because look at what stepping stone that was for me to bring me to where I am today. So I bet I can blow your mind and I'm going to be very vulnerable. And I rarely talk about this, but I was married before my husband. And do you know that? I don't think I knew that. Yeah. Okay. So because that's not information that I think would ever leave my brain. (laughs) So at 21, I knew everything in the world and I married my high school sweetheart. 
And we were married for three years and we dated, we dated like all, you know, our whole life basically grew up together and we just grew up and grew apart. And there wasn't, you know, any terrible things or anything like that. And when I went to my grandparents to tell them that we were getting a divorce and it was over, no one on the outside saw anything like, you know, he doesn't beat you and things like that. And I'm like, that's not necessarily what happens. We grew into adult people and we're not children anymore. And looking back, I know that's what happened, but my gosh, it took me, I would say about three years to be able to openly say that to people without feeling just the weight of ultimate failure. Because I think anybody out there that's been through a divorce will say like, that feels like the ultimate failure. You're like, I, I promised all of this stuff and forever and better or worse, and I can't make it work. Um, And so thankfully now we're in 2022 and I mean, some people are on, you know, blended families in different ways and we've really evolved. Um, And so I'm very glad because there was so much I learned in that short three years that has strengthened my marriage today in ways that never would have happened because I wouldn't have grown in that way. So it was, I would say that's my biggest failure. And to me, I, I know a lot of people would say like, that's not a huge failure. That's, that's part of life and love and change. Um, but to me, it very much felt like a failure. And I feel like I've done a really good job in my life. I hope my husband says this too, of taking those things and trying to be a better person for him and for my family. I'm also older too. So that, you know, don't get married young. That's the (laughs) the message. You're wiser. You're definitely wiser. But, you know, from the outside, and I mean, this is just me, but I think, again, that word courage comes up. The easy thing, would have been to stay and be unhappy. And I think it takes a lot of inner strength and a lot of courage to make the decision that's best for the two of you and to leave. You know what I mean? I think that, that certain institutions will just say that in this country have pressured people into staying together who don't need to be together anymore. And, and I see it as deeply courageous. Thank you. I, you know, he has a beautiful family. I have a beautiful family. Right. I, I chose through a lot of therapy because, you know, he was a big part of my life and there isn't a single memory from being 12 until I was 25 that doesn't include him in it. Yeah. And it's like, why would I want to wipe all that away? You know? And so, but it did take me a really long time and a lot of therapy. So if you go through a divorce, just know it doesn't happen overnight, the failure and the shame. But I do think failure is an opportunity to really, really mindfully practice self-compassion. And I, I routinely, if right now, this is a perfect example, being vulnerable like this and talking about it, I'm having to tell myself, what would I tell you? What would I tell you? Do you know what I mean? Instead of being like, oh, it's so scary. Now people are going to judge me. What would I tell Lauren? If Lauren were telling me this back, I would say, you're courageous. Way to go. Way to take hold of your life, you know? And so you really do have to practice a lot of self-compassion if you're going through some sort of failure. 
Yes. And I would say if you are hearing this episode today and you are going through uh, the loss of failure to go back, we did an episode on self-compassion. I can't remember when, but you'll find it in the listing. It was not that long ago. And to go back and listen to that because, and we talk about this here and there often, you know, the failure, the thing, the event that didn't work out is the first arrow and that's unavoidable, right? That's the pain of life that's completely unavoidable stuff's going to happen. And then the second arrow is the trip that we lay on ourselves, the additional suffering of thinking, oh, I did a bad job. I'm not good. I'm this, I'm that I'm not smart. I'm not strong. I'm not lovable. Like that's all the secondary stuff that we can work with through mindfulness practice. That's the stuff that is the juice of the practice. The first arrow is not really the juice of the practice. That's the stuff of life. The second arrow is where awareness, self-compassion, mindfulness, um, all of that comes into play as we work through those secondary real emotions that happen as a result of loss. That's such a good way to put it. And you're right. Um, when I start having like the negative thoughts, you know, like I can't do this because I failed because of this, you know, I mean, I'm coming off a pretty big failure myself. I built a whole yoga studio, like literally constructionally built a yoga studio and then COVID happened. And so I had this, you know, $7,000 structure in my yard and that was gorgeous and I couldn't do anything with it. And so it sat there for th almost three years. And we just moved from our house and I had to pack everything up in it. And it was a hard day for me because it felt like I was literally swallowing failure. <laughs> and then I thought, gosh, like the podcast is a good example. If I'd have been teaching yoga regu regularly, I don't think we would have started this podcast. I think that the two of us would have been far too busy for that to happen. And look where this has brought us and look what it continues to bring. So you have to, and it was really nice that I got to move away from that place because it did feel like I was closing a door, you know, like, okay, that happened. I'm not excited about it because I lost a lot of money and it, it's failure, but I learned a lot. And I learned a lot about myself. I learned about what my family, um, how we work together. And so I'm just going to take all of that and I'm going to move it on to this next stage. I think that's part of the key of healing is, I don't know if the word is closure. I don't know if we get closure on everything, but it's the, the moving on by physically leaving, which I think is a huge part of moving on, right? Whether it's leaving the yoga studio or leaving the relationship and moving, like that's a huge piece of closure. But then it could also be when you're ready, right? This is not right away usually, but when you're ready to think, but what did I get out of that experience? Like what, what were the gems? Like what was really good about that? Because I'm guessing 99% of the stuff that ends, there was actually a lot of good in that situation. And, you know, our survival oriented brain is not going to look for the good because looking for the good doesn't matter to the survival of the human species. And so we have to know that our brain is going to continually look for what was wrong until we say, no, I'm sick of looking for what was wrong. What worked out of that situation? What did I learn? What was beautiful? What brought me joy? 
it's an intentional practice. It's not going to happen automatically. And it is definitely a part of mindfulness to practice the gratitude when the time is right. I agree. So if we have listeners out there who are going through some failure right now, what would you tell them would be a good place for them to start in regards to making that failure something that helps them? You know, the one thing I try to do initially during failure is simply a reframe into failure is just another word for change. And somehow that helps me lessen the intensity and like the emergency and the drama around the failure when I can be like, oh, right, this is just another fork in the road. This is just life changing again. And I think that kind of depersonalizes it a little bit because failure is all about me, whereas change can be all about me, you know, quote me, but it's also just part of life. So I would say reframing it into change and then honoring the loss, you know, whether it's through some kind of fire ceremony or um, a night out with your friends, right? I mean, all the ways that we can honor loss, I think is really important. Um, and then not rushing this, it could be years before, depending on what the failure was before you're ready to do this, it could be five days, but I think it's so important to look at eventually how that event that ended was actually a stepping stone in the big trajectory of your whole life because it was. And if that hadn't happened, what would not be true today if you hadn't gone through that? Such good thought. And it's, you know, you got to back the bus up a little bit. Yeah. Um, you got to ruminate about it and sit and sit with those feelings. And sometimes they come up and they're not very good feelings. You might get angry or sad because like you said, failure, but I love the change of reframing it to change because change doesn't seem as scary to me. You're right. Failure feels like so final and aggressive <laughs> and it's just a harsh word. Yeah. Um, and so the change aspect is really nice. I like that a lot. All right, you guys. Well, we appreciate you joining us today on this um, can be heavy topic, but it's just really change that we learned today. So we appreciate you joining with us and we will see you guys next week. Take care. Bye, Lauren. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Mindful Talk. We don't take it lightly that you spent your time listening to our podcast and we are forever grateful. If you'd like to support the podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a rating and a review. Welcome to a more mindful way of living and working.